If you're lucky, you listen to them talk. They're on their way up and they can't stop. For all things great iron and hard top, it's Kevlu and Steve since the sandbox. What's up, everybody? Since the sandbox is back, we have some eye impressions from week four for you guys. But before we start, I just want to say go Colts. Kev is a phony Bears fan, and they got beat. <laughs> beat, beat, beat. That is all. Lou, that was definitely a good game. And we have our Since the Sandbox power rankings coming out really soon. And I think, you know, the Colts really could be a name that's talked about inside those power rankings. We'll see on Kev's list. But you can definitely expect them there from me and Lou. But, guys, I know I gave a, a little bit of an order. But since we started off with the Colts intro, let's start from the bottom of the list. And it's the fact that the Colts, you know, won – a big game versus the Bears. That was a 3-0 and team, regardless of how you view the quarterback play, the offense, their defense, whatever. But, Lou, I have to say, the Colts relied heavily on their defense and Blankenship, and I don't think that that's a problem at all. I think their offense played good. I was expecting kind of a sloppy game between those two teams. Why I'm saying the defense and Blankenship is because they stood out and they did their job, and, and that's what got the Colts the victory. Absolutely, man. Through the quarter of the season, number one ranked defense. We got to get the clip. Jamie, pull up the clip. A nice Joe Rogan reference there for everybody. Pull up the clip. And when I said we were a top 10 defense to start the season, they played great. Rivers did not turn the ball over. Uh, it was a close one in the end zone, though. That almost should have been a pick. But yeah, they looked good. The running game was all right. They, they should have converted on third down more. Like it shipped, pretty sure he hit almost every field goal he took. I think he might have missed one. But yeah, they looked good. It was encouraging. They played a good team with a good defense and a good pass rush in the O-line, didn't wilt, and Rivers didn't make any bad decisions. So I will take it, man. Kev. The shoe. And Julian Blackman, the rookie, his first pick of the year. Gotta love that. Kev, bears by a million? Oh, bears by a trillion. Don't worry, it was a fluke. Nah, I'm just kidding. But now, nah, Lou hit the nail on the head. I feel like if Rivers doesn't do what Rivers does and give you those costly turnovers, like their offense is going to be fine, whether, you know, who's healthy or not. As long as they got Rivers and, and Jonathan Taylor keeps exploding as a number one back, their offense is going to be fine. And like Lou said, they have probably, if not the top defense, one of the top defenses in the NFL. So if Rivers can just minimize his mistakes, like they're going to they're gonna win ball games just by default of, of how the team is built. There's a couple of teams that, that can probably, you know, be molded like that, can win games like that too. But let's move on to our next game, guys. And we're going to be talking about some positives from the Bengals game. And I know that it's not really two things that, that we really put together in the same sentence. But Joe Burrow has three consecutive 300-yard games to start his rookie year. I mean, gets his first W. We, we know that, that he hasn't really lost too many games. So him starting off his NFL career losing was definitely different. Getting the win, Mixon showed up finally for all those fantasy owners that were doubting him as a back-end uh, one, RB2, somewhere around there. And also, I think it's fair to say, guys, that we can call it quits on A.J. Green. And yes, Kev, that means you could take him out of your top 15 fantasy receivers. I'll say this. I do like Joe Barron. I do like the Bengals. I don't think he'll continue the 300-yard streak. I think they have played some pretty bad defenses. Cleveland, the Jaguars. Was it Philly they played before that? So three awful secondaries. But I do I do like what I see. Joe Mixon's going to be consistent, I hope. Um, and they have a bright future. They're going to compete in that division. And we're going to talk about them next week coming up in our preview. Yeah, I mean, I like the Bengals, man. If you guys remember back in my, uh, what was it, the hot take episode where I called the Bengals being 500 or higher. So the Owen 
two 0-3 start definitely hurt, but like you guys said, I mean, Burrow, good, you know what I mean? And Steve, you're right, A.J. Green, I will never, oh my God, I don't know why I haven't learned my lesson yet. Like, that guy has screwed me over in fantasy so many times. I'm done with him, it's over, but... Nonetheless, I think they're starting to come together as a team. Like, they're putting the pieces together. Boyd is kind of emerging as that number one option now. They got a good platoon of running backs mix in. They got a good pass catching back in Gio Bernard. So, I think they'll be all right. I mean, they just, I think they need a few more pieces on defense. And they they really just need to find their identity and just tune some things up. But, I mean, I think in the next few years, like, they're going to be an up-and-coming team. Yeah, Kev, for sure. But uh, you're Ofa. You're all for so far this year in the football season. Got to step it up, kid. Got to step it up. But, guys, moving to the Browns versus the Cowboys. I wasn't expecting this result. Honestly, have to say that the Browns did impress me. Not the fact that they put up that many points because I was expecting them to put up points. I was expecting the Cowboys to put up points. But they actually played some defense inconsistently throughout that matchup. And I definitely wasn't expecting as many points as they did put up. Take it as you will with the Browns. But a 3-1 and one start, there are a lot of positives. There are a lot of negatives. Nick Chubb getting hurt is definitely not something that they want. But they have also Kareem Hunt, who has been playing unreal. Hopefully, uh, he can get off the injury list and be helped while Chubb's gone. But Odell exploded, guys. I didn't know that Odell really still had this in him. And I don't know if you know he just got lucky a couple of plays or him and Baker are really starting to click. But even that first touchdown pass that he caught from Jarvis Landry, I mean, that was a ball and a half. I never thought I'd say this. I feel really bad for Dak Prescott because that dude is just putting up numbers and that defense is horrible. I, I can't put too much into the Browns yet. Again, who, who have they played that they've put up numbers against? The Bengals, poop. Washington, poop. Dallas defense, poop. So you know what I mean? I, I really can't put too much into it. I, I don't believe in Baker Mayfield at all. They have to run the ball 30 times a game to get him stabilized in the pocket. He's not a 35 to 40 throws a game guy. Like we've just seen it. I do think Odell can keep it up. They definitely have to use him more in those crazy plays because him and Baker just aren't going to connect always. But when you have him coming out of the backfield and getting those screens, like he can really do a lot of damage. So I think for fantasy wise, it's a good sign. But next week in Indy, it'll be different. Or in Cleveland, I'm sorry, but Indy's going to come shut it down. I mean, yeah, we've been saying it all along. Like this Browns offense is loaded with talent you know what I mean they just haven't seen get clicking yet and I'm, I'm not gonna go ahead and say they're you know 100% clicking right now but they're definitely on their way there and I think the biggest difference is this year they're winning games like they're supposed to win which hasn't been the case the last few seasons you know what I mean like even whether they're close games or not like at least they're winning games they're supposed to win even the Dallas game like that wasn't you know necessarily a game they were supposed to win but again they came out with a W like they're winning close games they're winning games that they should be winning and I think that's the biggest thing like you said Chubb going down is definitely huge but I think that's why we're seeing this year in the NFL how important not only depth is but specifically running back depth because you know how many starting running backs have gone down now we're not sure you know how quickly or slowly Chubb's gonna get back like we expect to see him back but we don't know how long that's going to take, but that's that, that's just, you know, how it is this year. Like, running back depth is so valuable in the NFL right now. And having a backup like Kareem Hunt, who realistically could still be a number one back on a handful of teams in the NFL, like, it's just, that's just a good thing for that Cleveland has going for them. All right, Kev, I like that. You really took that, you know, step it up in, into consideration. So, definitely appreciate that. And depth is very important. So, good points there. 
Lou, you talked about the the big day that Dak had. I just want to take it to to you know the off season really quick. Um, the one that just passed, and it's the fact that you know Jerry Jones and Dak really couldn't come to an agreement on that contract extension, and I think the the number is only going to go up now. So it's just like, what was you know the point? What leverage were you really going to have now that he's on the franchise tag already, playing for top tier money? He's going to either get paid by you for top tier money in, at the end of this year, or he's going to go somewhere else and get top tier money. Yeah, I think it was a big miscalculation. The dude's like on pace to throw for like 5,000 yards. I mean, like what, what else can they do? The defense can't stop a nosebleed. They hired a defensive coordinator that hadn't been a coordinator in four years. And the last time he was a defensive coordinator, he was Atlanta's D coordinator, and they were the worst in the league when he was there. So Mike McCarthy made an awful choice. Got to get the dude some help, man. I mean, on the other side of the ball, he, they're literally putting up 30-plus a game and losing. Like that cannot happen. No, that definitely can't happen. Let's go to a, a different division in the NFC. And these two teams, I got to say, really making it hard to, to root for them at times. And then there's other times where, you know, they really seem like a top contender in the league. And that's the Saints and the Bucks. They really make it too, too close for comfort. Both teams did that on Sunday. I mean, there was a point in time when the Lions were winning. There was a point in time when the Chargers were winning. Obviously, thank God football has fourth quarters. Those teams had time to, you know, rebound and get back. But, you know, which team are you kind of thinking is going to take that division? Which team do you view as more of a contender? I mean, I know Mike, Mike Thomas is out, and that's a huge loss for the Saints. But the Bucs aren't the healthiest team either with Leonard Fournette out and Godwin out. Going to be interesting, but want to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, at this point, I might go with the Saints. I'm going to say still, just because uh, Breeze isn't making as bad of errors as Brady, and I don't think that they'll be able to recover from being down 17. I mean, Herbert doesn't uh, mess up that run play and, and kind of put the ball in his running back's neck instead of the, instead of in his gut where it should have been, which led to the fumble, which led to the Mike Evans touchdown. They're down 24 at half, and, and I don't think the Bucs come back from that. And They haven't played great. Saying their defense is good, but I mean, like, they haven't been consistent. I'm not seeing it. They have a ton of penalties. I just think the Saints are more buttoned up. They've played together longer, and, and I do think, I mean, Mike Thomas is better than anybody that the Buccaneers are missing. So I think when he's back, Drew Brees will have his safety blanket, and we'll see those numbers go back up. I'm going to say the Saints for now until the Bucs prove me wrong. Yeah, I got to go with Lou, too. I think, I think I'm with the Saints. I mean, like Lou said, Michael Thomas is, you know, the best player on the two teams. You know, you got Kamara in the backfield as opposed to, you know, Rojo and and Fournette. And I do think, I mean, I feel like at this point, like, yeah, I think I do trust Breeze a little bit more now. You know what I mean? Like we're seeing pick sixes from Brady left and right, which he's never done in his career, this rate. But I mean, I don't know. I think the Saints defense is, is solid enough. Their, their offense puts up points and I think they're just, they can generate points on multiple different ways. Like Kamara can run, he can catch out of the backfield. You got Michael Thomas, you got Jared Cook. Like they just have so many weapons on the offensive side that it's just, I mean, so do the Bucks. but like Lou said, I think the Saints have a better chemistry. Brady's definitely not getting any younger. You would definitely seeing his aging this season more than others. So I don't know. I mean, I think, I think I trust the Saints more right now, but it's definitely, it's, it's close. That's all I'm going to say. I feel you guys. And I'm kind of torn with this one. I really don't know who, who I view as more of a threat because I hear you guys saying that Breeze is playing better, but I think if we take 
the best play out of those two quarterbacks, I still think at this year, it might still be Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady, the pick sixes, that's a legit problem and something that we've never seen from him over the course of the years. But both of them at their best this year, Lou, I'm really starting to get on your bandwagon with the whole Breeze thing. You know, I've just seen so many consistent things about his depth of targets and how that offense works. And it's really throwing me off. And having playmakers like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, I think definitely do make up for it. And he's been a guy who has been surrounded by, by great athletes, great players all throughout his career. We've had this this talk so many times about who the greatest quarterback is and, and which quarterbacks have had the great supporting cast. Even going back to, to the Brady and Peyton days when, when they were going at it and Breeze on the Chargers and, you know, you could even toss Rivers, Big Ben, and Eli in there. I think a lot of it comes down to what you view of their defenses and what you view of coaching because I think that there's definitely going to be a shift in the coaching decision to maybe go a little more towards Sean Payton. But I think when you're going to the defense, just based off how they're playing right now, I think the Bucks defense might be playing a little better than the Saints defense. And I was high on the Saints defense coming into the year. I like the one-two punch with Rojo and Fournette. If Fournette could stay healthy, Kamara is obviously a very diverse back. Those receiving groups are very similar if they're healthy. Um, so it's really tough there. I, I think I really might have to go the Bucks right now, though. I'm glad everyone's starting to see it my way. I'm glad I was early on this one. I'm glad I was early on this one. I just don't trust Bruce Arians. Their, their team is undisciplined that I, I just can't. Too many penalties, too many penalties. But I called Breeze. I've been saying it. Noodle arm. <laughs> no, Lou, you've been saying that for a long time. But to move to another game where – I could also be wrong on this team because I had really high expectations um, when we were doing our season our division expectations where I had every single team, I think, except the 49ers having over 10 wins. Um, and that included the Cardinals, who had a huge loss to the Carolina Panthers. So after a hot start, guys, are the Cardinals a pretender or did they just have a rough game? I think the Panthers are just better than we thought, Steve. I've always liked Teddy Two Gloves. Their receiving core isn't terrible. I mean, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson's not bad. I mean, their defense is okay. I just think Arizona's a young team, um, and I think the Panthers have a little more experience. And Teddy Two Gloves doesn't turn the ball over a ton. He did have a pick, but he does make a lot of uh, experienced veteran moves. And it was cool to see him get his first rushing touchdown in four years since the ACL injury. It was cool. But I think the Cardinals will be back. I think this is what we're going to see a lot from them. Struggle versus good teams, blow out some bad teams, but I think their offense will still be elite. All right, guys, now going to our last one, we're talking about the Vikings and the Texans. And we just found out today that Bill O'Brien lost his job. So now we're getting into the bold predictions where I got one out of my three coaches. Gase is definitely making a good case to be the next one out. So maybe my bold prediction of losing the three named coaches could possibly happen. But who was more impressive, the, the Vikings or the Texans? Not in the game because clearly the Vikings went on the road and got a victory. But the Texans always seem to kind of have, you know, that style of play where, you know, you can't count up Deshaun Watson. He always makes a comeback regardless of how, long, how much time is left in the game in the scenario of how much they're down by. What do you guys think going forward? This is the best thing that's ever happened to Deshaun Watson's career is Bill O'Brien getting fired. I knew last year 
when he made that awful call in the opening game versus the Saints to call that timeout. I've never seen a bigger bonehead in my life. Absolutely awful from GM down. And Steve, I will tell you right now, the Texans will get their first win coming up with Romeo Cronell as interim head coach. I really believe that. Uh, And I didn't really see a ton from the Vikings. They played a a piss-poor defense and still didn't score a ton. Cousins still isn't stretching the ball like he should be with the weapons he has. I mean, he's still making the good intermediate throws, and he does get happy feet. But I think Thielen bails him out a lot. Jefferson has a lot of breakaway speed that he's been showing, and Dalvin's just unbelievable. So I wasn't impressed with either team. But, man, if I'm Deshaun Watson today, I'm saying a prayer. Yeah, I mean, just since we're talking Vikings and, and we're talking Kirk Cousins, Lou, I need a I need a you like that from you before I go. Like that? Like that? Ah, there it is. But no, I mean, you guys, you guys, you know, pretty much hit the nail on the head. I agree. I mean, I think you know, it's definitely long overdue getting rid of Bill O'Brien. But uh, at the same time, I mean, we're starting to see just how big you know losing D Hop actually was. I mean, yeah, you gained a little bit of depth, but you don't have that guy that can make that Deshaun can, you know, make that big play to, you know what I mean? Like Randall Cobb, none of those guys are, are making like that big play. And that just goes to show like teams can really focus on shutting down Deshaun now because he doesn't have that big weapon. You know what I mean? So it's just tough, but I definitely agree. I mean, I think it's for the better. And I think, you know, whoever they, they do bring in as head coach will definitely help turn that turn that team around because it's a dumpster fight right now um but it'll be interesting to see like what happens with the Texans going forward obviously you know it's a slow start this season so not much might come of it but just the seasons you know coming forward Lou I love that Romeo Crennel take with him getting the first Texans victory um and I honestly think the team can possibly rally and do that too but it's time for that Texans team to be a top 15 defense again, that's not even having crazy expectations. A top 15 defense is really realistic. And with that guy at quarterback and Deshaun Watson, there's no reason why they shouldn't be a top 10 offense in the league every year. Got to get that offensive line right. Got to fix the draft pick scenario. So possibly may have to trade some guys away. They're, they're a team that is basically right around a, a rebuild. And going back to one of the solo episodes that I did, over the summer, I did say the Texans were a team that, that needed to rebuild, and they should have started this past offseason. They didn't, but now they could start in the middle of the year, and this year will just mean nothing for them. All right, guys, but that wraps up this episode. Make sure to tune in to the episode that just released yesterday. We made our NFL predictions for the honors and awards show. So for our MVPs, Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, your rookies, your offense, your defense, all that. Make sure you guys listen. We got the fantasy rankings coming. We got the power rankings coming. Games of the week. Man, oh, man, you guys are blessed to have three dudes like us giving you constant content. Since the Sandbox, we out.